This is the final word daily looking at the England-New Zealand test match, the second test from Edgebaston. Uh, it may be the last daily that we do. I'm not sure if we bother rocking up for like half an hour on day four <laughs> because this game is almost over. Adam Collins, uh, you have the job of walking us through an eventful day in 30 seconds or less. It was all going so well. At the halfway mark today, England 85 runs behind about to start their second innings. I'm talking up the idea of, well, could be like 2019, the Ashes Test match here, where England bat well in the second innings and we have a classic five-day finish. Not to be, though. In the end, New Zealand did what they threatened to do throughout the series, and they had a monster day. They've taken nine of England's second innings wickets, only 122 runs on the board. England are 37 runs in the black, but this will end early tomorrow. New Zealand had an 85-run lead after making it to 388. They had three bats we make it to the 80s including Ross Taylor who was out today uh, look it's a pretty sorry state of affairs for English cricket right now uh, it's unavoidably that conclusion um, I have no idea how that went on timing but because I'm just still a bit bewildered from the entire course of the day um, <laughs> we have to look at the England collapse first before we look at New Zealand batting yeah, or, yeah. Or, or any of the rest of it this is this is the nub of the day and and it was one of those strange collapses in that there was good bowling there wasn't brilliant bowling. There was, there, it wasn't unplayable stuff. Uh, and the surface looked pretty friendly. And aside from, you yep. know, Rory Burns has a drive at a wide one early and, and gets caught in the slips. You know, that can happen for an opener. And the, but then there was a decent passage that followed where they had uh, Matt Henry just moving it a little bit each way off the seam. He gets the outside edge from Sibley uh, off a good length and then he, he get, hits the pad of Crawley. And then you had Neil Wagner, the left armour, pitching it up and swinging it, swings it into the pads. Uh, to get rid of uh, one wicket and then gets it decking away to, to get the other one. So suddenly five mm. in quick time. And then it was a spinner who, who rattled through a couple of just Patel after that. But basically the wheels had already come off at that point when they were five down for bugger all. And it was, it was decent bowling. I was thinking, you know, this is nice seam bowling, but it wasn't vicious. All right, let's go through it. Burns, yeah, profligate shot, but Henry did hit the seam what you've got to do, but Burns brought forward a ball who should be leaving, uh, second delivery no question, Sibley squared up, good bit of bowling again from Henry, moving it both ways off the scene which is I think his point of difference today I mean Crawley, looked good for 17 best he's batted so far this summer, that's for sure mm. for England, but uh, you know that was again, that, that was Henry bringing it back towards the right hander after moving a couple away, really lovely stuff, but, it, but it says not quite unplayable a, stuff It says quite a bit about this England team that looked good for 17 is a statement that you can no, reasonably make, yeah. doesn't it? No, no, no. Well, I'll go one step further. Ollie Pope looked outstanding for 23 from 20 <laughs> balls, and then Wagner, and then Wagner, and then Wagner from over the wicket, bowling from our broadcast end. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it's, it's a gorgeous delivery, right? Brings him forward, um, but it's uh, unfortunately a pattern of um, a pattern of scores for Pope. Mm-hmm. That um, talking to our, our friend from Wisdom Cricket Monthly, Phil Walker, about this, it's as though he's now he's now almost it's self fulfilling. He's got a reputation of getting starts, and his ultimate had a stat that in 11 of his last 12 test innings, he's made it to double figures, but his highest score in that run is 34. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you get a reputation as being a guy who gets starts and gets out, and that, that was the case today. Lawrence was defending to, you know, extra cover, cover point almost. Um, that gets you out. That's a get-out shot. First ball, golden duck, his second blob of the series, alongside a very good 81 not out on day one and day two. But I think people will remember the Ducks more than they will uh, the unbeaten 81. Uh, Wagner, by that stage, is on fire. Uh, and then Root, uh, I think that was the highlight of the day for me. I, I might have put it in the Hall of Fame, if not for the fact we've got other contenders. Mm-hmm. But Ajaz Patel, two balls left in his over. Root's struggling. He's faced more than 50 balls, one boundary. He's watching the carnage from the non-striker's end. And then they bring up, Latham and Patel bring up 
deep point mm -hmm. with two balls to go on the over, essentially saying you can have the cut shot, you can have a boundary there if you see fit. Mm -hmm. Next ball, darts it in, the straight one off the index finger, goes back to cut, doesn't turn, lo and behold, little edge, Blundell, fantastic snaffle. Much the same way that Pope got out in the first innings. Classy bowling, mm. confident captaincy, like all round the sign of a team. In much the same way that Latham took a great catch at second slip to get it started, I think that when your, your, your slips catching is as good as that, it shows how confident you are as a team. It felt the same with me bringing up deep points, sort mm -hmm. of saying, well, you know, we know we have a way of getting you out here. So, And what I missed out was James Bracey. I mean, the ball before it was a half-tracker, mm -hmm that he padded back to Battelle. Next ball, premeditated lap sweep. I mean, come on. I mean, that, 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 again, that looks like the opposite of New Zealand. It's, mm -hmm. the, it's the frazzled, it's the unclear thinking, it's the, obviously the nerves for the young kid. I feel yep. desperately sorry for him, given the way that it's gone. Put a catch down earlier, well, put a catch down yesterday, sorry, and didn't look uh, like it, you know, sort of a lot of the time he struggled with the gloves in the last two weeks. And by that stage, as you said, the wheels were off and Broad got out. You know, it felt like an, an admission of, of, of a concession of defeat when he just backed away and tried to fly one over cover. I know that's the way he plays, but it was as though, well, if we get rolled in three days, so be it. Mm. If not for the fact that Mark Wood and Ollie Stone showed a bit of resistance, Wood with the brawn, I suppose, and, and Stone with his willingness to defend for long passages of play. He's got a future in this team, no question. Uh, and bowled well too, really well. Mm. After a pretty tough day yesterday, he backed it up nicely with the ball, a couple of early wickets. So... Yeah, look, as I said at the start, sorry, um, it felt like this was kind of on the cards at some point uh, and it's going to be decisive in the series, which New Zealand will win tomorrow. But how astonishing that you, you have a team that goes into its third innings 85 runs behind and you're thinking, oh, you know, that's a handy lead for New Zealand. They yeah. almost won by an innings. Yeah. Like they, yeah. When Root was out, it was it looked on. Six, it looked on. six yeah. for seventy odd. They, they could have run through the yeah, tail yeah, yeah. And, and won by an innings, having made a score of three hundred and eighty. It was absolutely. I think I said as much. Bananas. That, that, that was the case. Yeah, I, I, I almost sorry. I almost would have certainly said as much. Mm. I mean, we're on track for a three-day defeat. I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't tally. I know. I know Test cricket moves in fast forward more than it used to, and that's a feature of the modern game. That, that's fine. Like I get that. That's no big deal. But like, yeah, they, they made I think over a hundred runs in the final session and lost seven wickets. Like those mm. numbers don't tally. <laughs> Uh, the way that they, that's not how it's meant to be we thought that you know especially after they added 67 for in the first session on day one that's what they needed in the final session but the reality was they were two down for 17 at the tea break they couldn't even get through that bit so mm. yeah there's structural issues and New Zealand were exceptional think about Neil Wagner so two wickets, I think it was in the first innings. But, I mean, I'm not saying he wouldn't have played in the World Test Championship final, or even close to saying that. But, I mean, if they found that, if they arrived at a view that mm. they were going to leave a seamer out, look, who knows, maybe he would have been the guy. But at that exact juncture, bowls a glorious spell. Three for 17 from 10 overs, I think, his analysis overnight. Um, Henry, who's probably the fifth bowler in the pecking order, as far as seamers are concerned, bowled the house down, as he did on day one. He probably won't play next week, but mm -hmm. what great form to be in if he does need to play. I mean, Southie and Jamison missing out this week. They're automatic inclusions. Bolt, you know, at different times has been his threatening self. Certainly uh, after T today, when he was able to shape it in and move it away, he was such a handful, unlucky not, a, not to get a wicket immediately after T with the sort of movement he was generating. So, and then... Patel. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, he was a guy who'd played a handful of test matches, mostly in Asia, really very much the second spinner uh, in calculations with Santner offering so much with the bat. But an injury comes along and I think he should play next week, even if Santner is fit, because I think he's a guy who he really is in control, in control of his craft and he's bowling with that confidence we talked about. It's a simple technique and he batted well too. He made 20 at number mm. 10. So he's he's clearly uh, playing in a way that, that warrants further selection next week and, well, and that's unexpected and yet he, more depth than he's 
Zealand. He probably has to play uh, next week. Yeah. But but also Jamison probably has to play. So probably Jamison has to bat at seven yep. is, is the way that they're going yes. to set that team up. Um, I'd agree. In, in order to be able to include the four quicks that they want to. But, yeah, the two wickets going down for England in six overs before the tea break, uh, that was bad enough as a start. It was very notable to me that uh, Sibley and then Pope uh, and then... Uh, Lawrence were all moving across their stumps. Crawley, rather, uh, rather than Lawrence. We're all moving it. They're all right-handers moving across their stumps to the offside. Uh, and then either, you know, simply being squared up and, and edging, um, the others being hit on the pad. And then Bracey, the left-hander, moving across his stumps to the offside as well to try to sweep. He was six stumps outside. You know, he, he was on the line of sixth stump by the time he was trying to sweep that ball, which went behind his legs off a little bit of glove and into the stumps. So that was that looked like the yeah. product of a, a completely scrambled mind at that point. You know, a guy who's used to batting at first drop for his county uh, and gets hauled in as a wicketkeeper and asked to bat at seven. But just nothing about the way that England, England's batsmen went about it. it. looked like they had any kind of composure or idea. And you wouldn't have seen this, but after the, uh, after the day was done, Nasser Hussain on the commentary absolutely ripped into them on the basis of their techniques, saying that people have been playing mm. cricket for a very long time and none of them have been doing it this way. Why is it that you come along and think that you, yeah. that, that you know better than everybody who's gone before you in terms of how to face up to the cricket ball? And you know the way that this- things went today, he had a point. Yeah, there's a really big structural debate going on around this, like a philosophical debate. It's been going on for about six weeks and it's been driven by, you know, the pundits at Sky who have all made a lot of test hundreds and they know the game very well. Mm. And they're not saying it was better in my day or anything like that. It's more that they're making the observation that players in England are not just with the back foot with the trigger movement, with the front foot shuffling over beyond the off stump and it's proving problematic as far as leg before wicket dismissals are concerned so I suppose the old philosophical idea of batting playing next to the ball rather than playing in line with the ball when you mm. make contact and yeah as you say when Sibley was out it did reek of that even though Sibley doesn't do that quite as much I mean usually he's opening up to the leg side which is why he plays so well through mid wicket when he's on song but even looking at Sibley there's a question to be asked as to whether he has the game to when it works when it works it can help lay a foundation but mm. when it doesn't work and it hasn't worked that often really you go back to the start of the, the pandemic series last year the 100 at Manchester where he absorbed 370 odd balls for five boundaries really important innings 120 later base but he's not going to give Pat Cummins Mitchell Stark you know bowlers like that in Australia nightmares mm. in the short term he's not going to be bothering I mean he's, he's not going to be um, causing the Indian attack you saw him earlier in the winter not do very well um, they're not going to be too concerned if he's the guy walking out and opening the batting so mm. yeah on occasion he can clock up 100 200 300 balls in the middle but not enough uh, not not frequently enough I don't think at this stage anyway to make it worth the investment for the days that it doesn't work or the days when it does set momentum so yeah unfortunately he's back probably in that spot where they have to make a call one way or the other about the sort of cricket they want to play uh, and I don't think it's an easy question to answer because who's the who's the replacement mm. uh, David Milan possibly back playing county cricket made 199 last week did well in Australia last time I'm not sure I mean it's a longer conversation that we might have on the weekly show with with some of our English colleagues but yeah, it, it, it was pretty grim today. Uh, and as you say, as you pointed out, that the sort of frazzled mind nature of a number of the dismissals is only, I suppose, compacting the pain for England fans. Well, that, that's what bugged me about the, the line coming from Chris Silverwood as well, saying, oh, this, this is a very inexperienced team and they're young and so on. The, the top five is the top five you'd be picking anyway. 
um, that's the top five that yeah. England have previously been picking who, whoever's being wrestled or not um, and, and they were the ones who, who didn't deliver. We've talked about New Zealand's bowling and fielding, they also did it with the bat as well, Ross Taylor went on to another half century, got his score up to 80, um, was playing really confidently through the covers against Broad and Anderson by the, the sort of latter end of his stay and then that interesting passage of play where Taylor hooks Broad out to the deep and gets dropped by the substitute Billings. But Taylor gets out five overs later um, and then, it, then it's Tom Blundell who gets dropped by Bracey behind the stump. Yes. So Bracey had just taken the catch a few balls earlier, had the big celebration and then spilled a, a pretty routine diving chance uh, to his right. You know, he, he actually over-dived that ball. He went too far across and wasn't able to, to snare the catch. So that, that seemed to rattle England. At that point, had they taken that catch, uh, they, they were still in the lead at that point by 10 or 15 runs. New Zealand put on nearly yep. another 100 runs after that point with Blundell batting with the tail and you know useful runs coming from Patel, as you said, and from, uh, from Trent Bolt down, down at 11. Yeah, so much happened today. I mean, you think the first hour, uh, New Zealand made 63 runs and 63 runs rather, and, and didn't lose a wicket. So they bossed England. Joe Root gave them a, a bit of a talking to at the drinks break, and they come out and take seven for 96 and finish off New Zealand. And yeah, 85 deficit obviously is not ideal, but they're kind of in the game. I'm not saying you know they're kicking with the wind necessarily, but they're they're feeling as though they're they're putting a pretty good shift across the next two and a half hours or thereabouts in taking consistent wickets. And yeah, Blundell the drop didn't help, but nevertheless across the board. They created plenty of opportunities, not least Ollie Stone. I mentioned him before, but that was a really encouraging performance from him. He bowled better than it looked yesterday because I think it would have been uh, the case that that spell he bowled after T, everybody remembers, mm. but the other two spells he bowled, he, he created a... Not, he didn't create chances, but he, he created a lot of false strokes and Crickviz data bears that out. But today got those rewards. Fantastic response uh, from the Warwickshire crowd here, the Birmingham crowd, local boy. He's from Norwich, but he plays his county mm. cricket here. Um, and it was a big deal for him. When Anderson uh, picks up a wicket straight after lunch, I mean, that, that's about as loud as I've um, seen... Well for a long time pre you know obviously they haven't had crowds at cricket for a long time but they gave it huge and it felt like you know they were on the cusp of really blowing New Zealand away and maybe having a deficit of 40 or 60 mm. or something like that but it got away from them a little bit because Patel made 20 um, even Bolt making 12 at number 11 I mean you know it, it, some days Bolt can can do that uh, and it doesn't feel like a lot at the time but in the context of a game that that uh, that you know that, that eventually is going to be won convincingly it, it doesn't feel like an awful lot now but then it did mm. so the psychology changed a bit by the time England went to bat a second time so yes uh, a day where yeah I think that the I think I said at the end of play that it at last, it was proven definitively, something we've known all along and just haven't said an awful lot. New Zealand are a much, much, much better test team than England at the mm. moment. One other thing I wanted to ask you about before we get to player of the day in the Hall of Fame, a lot of mm. talk before this series about Broad and Anderson, uh, the, the griping about them being rotated previously, uh, a lot of the commentary coming from the English press particularly was saying, these are, these are our two great bowlers and they should be allowed to play together and all of the rest of it. They took three wickets between them at Lord's uh, Anderson got one in the innings. Broad picked up four, but really only the wicket of Tom Latham was down to really good bowling. He got Conway off a fairly lucky, uh, lucky dismissal, and then he picked up a couple at, at the end when they were having a swing. They both have bowled really well in like pretty long sequences during this test match, and at, at times during Lords as well. Haven't picked up a lot of wickets. I don't know. What do you make of that? Is there anything to that, or is that just swings and roundabouts? 
Oh, Broad was good yesterday. Broad was really, really good yesterday. He was frugal, created chances. He was all over them, moving the ball, especially when they changed it. And Anderson was great today. Um, it wasn't just the wicket he took, but it was the maidens he was threading together. So I don't think there's any major concerns around the veterans, um, nor would there be around Mark Wood. Bowled his heart out today. Mm. Uh, picked up a couple of wickets. Can't ask for much more than Mark Wood than to sprint in like he's running the 100 metres at the Olympic Games, over after over, up around 90 mile an hour. And I think Stone's promising. So, yeah, they should have played a spinner. There's no way they should have came into a test like this without a spinner. But I don't think that's really where the, the problem is. Yeah, mm. New Zealand made 388 because they're an organised, competent, confident cricket team. Um, three guys made 80. They made 380. Good on them. Um, they're allowed to play well. Uh, they did play well. Mm. I don't think that means England bowled poorly. Um, I think New Zealand were just... They, that was a good, a really solid all-round performance from them. And, yeah, they earned that healthy lead. All right. A lot of contenders for Player of the Day and the Hall of Fame. Let's think about cricket bats for 10 seconds and then we'll decide those. Woodstock Cricket, home of the finest handmade cricket bats and soft goods. Visit either our showroom or workshop and experience the magic for yourselves. For bookings, contact info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. It's the final word daily, Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins. Uh, who's in the mix, Adam? There's about 10 different players who could be up for a Hall of Fame to, uh, for a player of the day. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you're looking at Neil Wagner, you're looking at Matt Henry, the two bowlers. I think AJ's Patel. I mean, I think Tom Latham in a way. I mean, mm. this might sound like a strange thing to say, but that catcher took a second slip hard, diving in front of first, moving quickly, second ball of the innings, and his role in bringing deep point in, which I mentioned before, uh, he's had a good game, Latham, mm-hmm. at, at, in terms of in terms of marshalling the troops standing in uh, for Kane Williamson. So, uh, yeah, I'm trending towards that, that New Zealand trio, but if I had to pick, I'd go with Matt Henry, just because he's been brought into play in this test match. He hasn't got a particularly good test record, mm-hmm. but he does bowl well, does bowl well in England, and he's taken the chance, and he deserves to be part of the conversation. I doubt he'll be part of the team next week, mm-hmm. and that's unfortunate because they've got so many bowlers to choose from. But uh, a fine effort uh, from Matt Henry, uh, who really was the reason why England started collapsing today, taking the first three wickets. So well bowled him. Yeah, I'd I'd give him player of the day as well for starting things off, but also for doing it the same way that he did in the first innings, that consistency. Yeah. And also for the fact that he's copped a lot of stick for his test record, for his numbers not being great. Uh, His numbers aren't great because he's come in and played really sporadically, you know, a, a game here, a game or two there. Um, he's he's played on some pretty hard tours and he hasn't got a great record in New Zealand. That's actually you know his worst record of anywhere, uh, but that's because I you know I would put it down to the fact that he's never had a really consistent run in the team. So yeah, he's played ten tests or so, but he's never strung them together. And so to to come in as the replacement here and have such a, a prominent role, I think, is is something that reflects really well on him. Uh, Hall of Fame. My nomination would be the point where. Uh, the catch goes down off Stuart Broad, off the bouncer, out in the deep, and he's so mad that he bowls another bouncer that goes about three metres over the batsman's head <laughs> and away for four buys. Uh, that was that was a beautiful little moment. Yeah, that was nasty for Bracey, wasn't it? That I mean, he's already feeling the pinch, right? And then he gets a bouncer that goes two feet over his head and, and four more runs in the buyers column. They don't care how they end up there, keepers, whatever the buyers are. He was unlucky in terms of some of the, mm. the, the, the balls that should have been called wide, but uh, that's the way it goes for Stumpers sometimes. Uh, for me, I've got the, what do they call it? Uh, Mel Shawley sent it through, the thumper. Mm-hmm. Neil Wagner call. I mean, I found the whole episode fascinating. There was a four-minute delay. He landed when starting a fresh spell from, I think it was this end, the northern end. He, he didn't like the way his foot landed from the first ball. So he commissioned the ground staff to come out with the spade and chiselling away 
at the foot <laughs> and then he did the thumping himself as he did last week at Lords. So um, I think that now, and he had to sanitise his hands. I liked it when um, uh, it was Big Dick Illingworth came out and um, said that I'm going to have to sanitise. And he got the hand sanitizer out and squeezed it in for him. And then to complete the performance, Wagner laid on the ground and started rubbing his hands on the ground. I mean, he, he, he's been, you, you probably don't quite get this on television, but the way that he carries on with the crowd. Oh, one more nomination about the crowd, by the way. Mark Wood uh, gets a wicket today. I can't remember when it was exactly but he runs down to fine leg and he starts waving his arms in the air doing the big the big punches mm-hmm. towards the crowd I mean he was absolutely pumped like there's no false modesty from Mark Wood uh, when he's happy he lets everybody know about it and it's part of the reason why he's such a lovable cricketer <laughs> Well, I suppose um, when you're Mark Wood, you've spent so long sitting on the sidelines watching cricket and not being able to play. Uh, That's right. You might as well make the most of it when you're out there. You never know how long it's going to last. And we don't know how long this test match is going to last. England have one more wicket to go. They're 37 in front. Who knows? They might set New Zealand 40 or 42 or 45. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's going to be an exciting half hour of play, including the two overs uh, and 10 minutes for the change of innings. Uh, we'll decide if we bring you a show you know, if there's an unbeaten hundred stand or something, we will. And, we will. No, we'll, we'll do a show. We'll, we'll, we'll do a wrap. We'll, we'll do a wrap tomorrow. Either okay. way, I reckon. All right. Well, bold from you. Um, <laughs> but but, but well, let us know in the comments if you think we really should do um, a show on thirty minutes of play tomorrow. But what a day it has been today. Uh, the final word daily. You can support the show on Patreon if you're so inclined. You can get yourself a discount cricket bat. Look in the uh, comments below the below the video, and you'll find yourself a, a code for twenty percent off a cricket bat. Go on then. Uh, Let's come back and do all of this again tomorrow on The Final Word.